0: You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the '80s, '90s, and 2000s.
1: You know, my job as, as a journalist—the first bumper sticker I ever got a hundred years ago was at a journalism convention. It said, "If your mother says she loves you, check it out. I believe your protestations of love and adoration, but uh, where's the beep?
0: TV journalist Deborah Norville today on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Have you counted your blessings today? Well, maybe you should, because it could make you not just happier, but maybe live longer. So says Deborah Norville, the TV journalist we see every evening on Inside Edition. Back in 2007, she did some research and published a book to quantify just how much being thankful, being grateful, and counting your blessings actually helps you. I had a few minutes to talk with her about her book, so here now, from 2007, Deborah Norville
1: I really wasn't setting out to write a book. I just had a hunch that in my own life things seemed to go better when I focused on what was working as opposed to the often long list of things that were going wrong. But I'm also enough of a skeptic being a journalist and having been a television reporter for 30 years that I thought, you know what, you look and see Norval if there's anything to it. It may be that it seems better because you want it to be. And the ma- the mind can be a pretty powerful thing. So I thought I'd put on the research hat that I use for reporting and do a little reporting of my own. And the question I wanted to answer was the following. Has anyone with credentials, a reputable investigator, actually been able to quantify that there are benefits that come from counting your blessings and if so, what are they? Simple question. Not easily answered because it's a relatively new field of study. There's a very large and deep body of literature and scientific um, investigation into what causes stress and what the physical manifestations of stress are and how stress can be such a deleterious uh, impact on, on the human body, there's a lot less on what causes happiness and what causes positivity and what the physical effects of positivity are. And that's what I was looking for. And the field is actually called positive psychology. And I started going through increasingly arcane academic journals and scientific literature trying to find the answer to that question. And the first significant study that i seized upon was done in two thousand one so it is a relatively new body of work and this particular study was done by professor robert emmons and michael mccullough emmons of uc davis and mccullough from university of miami and what these gentlemen had done was honcho a study that was brilliantly simple but scientifically pure they took three groups of individuals One group was asked to focus on their benefits. One group was asked to focus on their hassles. The other group focused on life events. Each was asked to write down five things that happened that day that would fall into their respective categories. And also simultaneously they kept kind of a life log of just information about their day. Did they exercise? If so, how long? Were they sick? What was wrong? Did they take a pill? Um, When you look at your to-do list, are you making progress toward reaching it? Um, Personal goals, 1 to 10, how are you doing Uh, in in terms of trying to accomplish them. And they also had been asked to give the names of five individuals who see them on a regular basis. With all of this, after a couple of weeks go by, the researchers went to the associates of the people in the various studies. The folks who were counting their blessings were reported by their friends and associates to be much more pro-social, i.e. they did things for them. They were nicer. They went out of their way when they didn't have to. For instance, if you are working on a project and I'm in the gratitude group, you might be struggling, and I might at the end of the day, even though I don't have to and there's absolutely nothing in it for me, I might offer to say, you know what, I'll stick around and help you get this finished so you can get home earlier. And people were dumbfounded by the, by the niceness factor. They didn't know that those individuals were participating in any kind of particular study. At the same time, the people who were in the gratitude group were reporting themselves to be more optimistic and less pessimistic, which is kind of, you know, you can't really quantify that, so forget that. But they also reported that they exercised more, on average an hour and a half more per week. They didn't get sick as much. They took fewer headache pills. They took fewer... um, you know, Claritins or whatever you take when you've got the Sneezies. And they reported that they were making a lot better progress toward their goals than the people in the other groups. That got me excited because to me the message was there is something to it and it's measurable.
0: So can you oversimplify, can you say, does gratitude cause optimism? Does optimism cause gratitude? Are they both part of the same mix of something else? In other words, where are the boundary lines?
1: It starts with gratitude, and and I would put gratitude in its own separate category because gratitude is defined as that recognition of a blessing or benefit received um, for which there was not necessarily any deservedness. I am better for having this in my life. It is an other-focused emotion. In other words, I'm grateful for the beautiful sunny day we have, I didn't do a darn thing to make the day sunny. So there's, there's another, in this case, you know, nature or God or there's another being who's responsible for this. The person who was helped by their associate who stayed late at work, they are benefited by the kindness of their coworker. So that coworker did something for me that I probably didn't do anything. It wasn't a payback. It was an undeserved benefit, and that's quite different from optimism. Optimism can result from the recognition of this. And that's what I think is so interesting And in Thank You Power. What I did is, once I saw that first survey, I really got energized and, and 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 dove into deeply into the literature. And not everything passed muster. There was a lot that fell on the wayside. But if it was scientifically valid, if it passed this reporter's um, pretty persnickety screening process to get in there, then it was something that I considered. And, and what I wanted to do. And I believe I'm the first person who's who's successfully done this. Is draw a line through the academic literature and the scientific um, scientifically valid data that's out there that starts with the practice of gratitude and goes through. Um, positive affect, which results in greater cognitive skills. You're a better strategic thinker. You're a better negotiator. Your kid will do better on a test. You'll be problem solving. You'll handle relationship issues because you're more creative in coming up with ways to deal with them. It opens up your mind to all the possible solutions that are out there. It also makes you more resilient. People who practice gratitude are more likely to be able to successfully get through the trials and traumas of life than someone who doesn't have that particular tool in their box. And and even more incredible is I take that thread and draw it through to stress, something everyone listening to this interview has more than their fair share of, I bet. I argue that you can use thank you power to create that um, that positive well-being that actually allows you to physically reduce your heart rate, to physically reduce your blood pressure, to eliminate the number of cortisols in your bloodstream. And I share the data, the scientific experiments that show putting yourself in a positive place mind-wise can actually
0: undo the physical effects of stress. After this short break, Deborah Norville on the difference between gratitude and saying thanks. Now back to my 2007 interview with Deborah Norville Does it all begin with as it began with you Debbie say thank you
1: uh, it's not so much saying thank you. That is politeness. That is manners. That is something I'm sure everyone listening to your program is is well imbued with. I, I assume all of us are polite and are well brought up. This
0: You're more generous than I.
1: Well, you know, as my mama told me to look on the bright side. <laughs> but this is different. This is not thank you for holding the door open for me, uh, although I do appreciate that. This is thank you for the opportunity to share this message with your listeners. I am I am so pleased that you were interested enough to do this, that it lifts me up, it builds me up. That's the kind of thank you.
0: That is the kind of thank you that is becoming in short supply in our country, isn't it?
1: Well, I think when you look at the headlines, it's certainly easy to see how it's easy to become ungrateful, how it's easy to become cynical. And frankly, this was a cynic's journey uh, you know, my job as, as a journalist, the first bumper sticker I ever got 100 years ago was at a journalism convention. It said, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. You know? <laughs> okay, fine, yeah. I, I, I believe your protestations of love and adoration, but uh, where's the beef, as Clara Peller would say? I want to see the are there, there. And that's what this this really is. This is one woman's effort to try to find out What was quantifiable and measurable and real, not the snake oil salesman stuff that's out there, because there's so many platitudes about attitudes about gratitude, and you just want to barf, because there's nothing to it. I've bought the books. I've looked at the books. I've rented them out at at the local library, and they're beautiful meringues, so many of them, and you take a big bite, and there's nothing there. It was just air. This is the there, and that's why in the back of the book, I have all the scientific citations, so... Be as cynical as me. Don't trust Deborah Norville. You go look it up yourself, and you read it in the book, and you will probably walk away going, oh, man, that's pretty compelling stuff.
0: Is there a spiritual underpinning to everything you're saying?
1: There is, and I think if you're a spiritual person, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're Muslim, Buddhist, whatever, if you're a person of faith, whatever your faith happens to be, you are already commanded by your faith. To be a thankful person. Every great religion in the world practices thankfulness and thanksgiving as a part of the practice of its religion. So if you're a Christian, this will completely sound totally understandable to you. But remember, faith is defined as the expectation of things for which there's no proof. We take that my thankfulness will result in good things on faith. What I think is exciting here is this is the proof of your faith. Oftentimes, faith doesn't have a tangible proof. In this case, it does. Now, the flip side of that is, if you are not a person of faith, and if you're the most confirmed agnostic God put on this planet, you will completely relate to this material, too, because this is scientifically valid. It's beyond reproach when it comes to the truth of it, and you don't have to be a God-full, God-fearing person for this to make sense to you. I think it. I, I've tried to write it so that this message would be as, as understandable and as embraceable as possible by the largest number of people.
0: And I say this very sincerely, thank you for your time.
1: And I sincerely say back, it was my pleasure.
0: Deborah Norville is 63 now. And she's been the anchor of Inside Edition since 1995. Did you know you can find all of our past episodes at heardeverything.com? That's where you can find Now I've Heard Everything Seasons 1, 2, and 3, which we're just now wrapping up. Season 4 starts in a couple of weeks. Now, among the interviews you can find at HeardEverything.com are my conversations with two other veterans of the early morning TV wars, former Good Morning America co-host Joan London.
1: I wanted to leave Good Morning America with grace and dignity. I wanted to walk into that last show that last day with a sense of gratitude. And everybody, for two months before the show, they said, oh, Aren't
0: you going to be sad? And today's show, weatherman Al Roker. I'd always sworn that I would never say the things my father said. And before I realized what I was doing, out of my (laughs) mouth comes, don't make me stop this car. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've become my father. (laughs) Well, let me just go buy a couple of Hawaiian shirts and a lawn trimmer. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, do you believe in angels? Well, if you don't, you might, after you listen to my 1990 interview with playwright, author, and psychic medium, Sophie Burnham.
1: When you come across an angel, and everybody agrees with this, they're very warm, compassionate. You feel wonderful. You're filled with a sense of joy and radiance and delight that everything is
0: all right. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.